Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk-ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cook? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle it? Now I'm telling your short ass he can't handle no goddamn milk cook. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. It is fucking, I don't know, fucking Saturday? Jesus Christ. I, I have now, this is now the third show I've done this week. Shit is getting out of hand. I got to tell you straight up, shit is getting out of hand. I've done too many shows for the year. I think I should probably just take off until 2020. Um, so anyway, yeah, I uh, actually haven't gotten in here and talked about anything specifically. Uh, I did two interviews this week. Uh, I was happy with both interviews. Um, first Nate Webb and then, uh, Deshaun Pratt back to back nights. Uh, I was, like I said, happy with the way that they came out. Um, so yeah, now, now just moving forward and I got to, uh, talk about some things now. Um, all week I've been, my back's been fucked up since last week. Uh, last Saturday, so a week ago today, I went into the gym and I tried to crush um, the end of my week the way I did the week before. 
Um, I was hitting, you know, four, four day, uh, training weeks. And, um, Shane did me up, like send me the link and like, Hey, I, I'm on the show. Uh, that's tough to do. I don't have like a, Hey, you talk while I do the link thing. Yeah. I mean, so I, th- I think he'll find it. Hopefully, um, at some point I'll find it. Um, so, um, so I wanted to crush, I was doing four day training weeks cause I kept trying to push myself higher and, and further as far as like my days of the week. And I talked to this one dude, uh, just briefly, uh, you know, sometimes people say this, the simplest shit to you and, um, it just lands, you know what I mean? Like it hits home. So I had been pushing myself and trying to get myself, uh, um, doing the fucking, um, like six days a week, five days a week, you know, I was really trying to push myself, but again, uh, you know, I, I work six days a week, so it's, um, you know, it's a tough one. It's, it's overall, uh, you know, tough to get in there six days or five days and stuff. And I really like, I don't know how to pace myself. I guess that goes along with my addictive personality. So, um, when I go, when I do anything, fucking anything in my life, you look at every single thing I'm into, I do everything to an extreme. As I, as I talk to you now, you know, I I look across my room and, you know, I have two 46 gallon fish tanks, you know, so it's like, you know, I, I, I've had those for a while. It's not a new thing, but I'm saying like, you know, when it comes to fish, I've, I've gone, you know, pretty extreme, uh, up to my left, I have, you know, two gremlin props up behind me. I got my fucking, uh, close to two grand in fucking puppets. You know what I mean? Everything I do, I do do an extreme. So there's just no, you know, okay, we'll just go in and, uh, just pace yourself throughout the week and this and that. So anyway, uh, I had talked to him and I was like, yeah, man, you know, I fucking, I hit four days the week prior and I was just fucking just burnt. That was it. Like I, I had hit every fucking muscle in my body on my, my, uh, training app. My whole fucking body was lit up red or pink or whatever the color is, uh, that shows all those muscles were worked. And it was like, yeah, like fucking you, you know, you're pretty good. And, uh, I was planning on going the next day and was just like, man, I need to fucking just take it down. And I talked to him the next week when I was in there it's like, yeah, how, how you been doing? You've been in here pretty consistent. I was like, yeah, man, I was trying to go for fucking six days last week. I said, you know, I hit four. Just... He's like, you know what, though? He's like, uh, if you're here six days, they probably weren't great six days. Like, if you really go in there and you crush four days, like, your body's probably pretty good. So, and, and he's, he's a big motherfucker, so he... He knows what he's talking about. Um, obviously, everybody's different. Everybody can handle different amounts of things. Um, when I look at myself and, you know, you really got to know your own body and figure out what your, your limitations are, which, you know, you're, if you're going to accomplish anything, you're always going to push your limitations. But um, I, uh, yeah, you know, damn to this month, I'm going to be 41 years old. Um, I got 7% body fat. I'm like 166, 170 pounds, depends on the, the day of the week or whatever the case um, I'm doing pretty good. So, and you know, come summertime, I'll be competing in fucking obstacle course racing races and we'll get into all of that. But, uh, so anyway, it it made a lot of sense to me. You know what? Yeah. Maybe if you do hit six days a week, maybe it ain't shit. I mean, maybe you've, you've weathered your body to the point where you can go in there and crush fucking six days a week. But I mean, if you really go all out, 
you know, for four days, I, I think your body should feel the, the effects of that. So anyway, that, that became my plan. I said, okay, well, you know, he's got a good fucking point. So the next, next week I, I went for the same thing, crushed four days. Uh, the last day of my week, I hit like 50,000 and so, almost 51,000 pounds combined, um, you know, in, in my, uh, my last training day, I ended up hitting fucking everything. You know, I, I worked uh, different body parts, different days of the week. And then my fourth day, I just went back and crushed fucking everything on top of whatever else I did. So I was really happy about that. And then I, you know, my competitive nature the next week, I was like, oh, okay, on my last day, I want to try to fucking beat the shit that I did the week before. Uh, I was hitting personal records all week and shit. Um, one of the exercises I've, I've become very fond of is a decline um, dumbbell press. So anyone not familiar with this uh, decline bench, you kind of hook your legs, you know, like at the knees uh, there's pads up top and then the bench declines backwards. So you kind of got to like hang a little bit, you know, to, um, to do your exercises. Now, uh, I, I work out solo. I don't have any kind of, you know, training partners or any kind of shit like that. Um, so as I always say, you know, tigers hunt alone, lions hunt in packs. I mean, uh, anyway, uh, so what I have to do or the system that I've come up with to, to get this, this done, because, you know, you have dumbbells and you have to recline back. Now, how do you get those fucking dumbbells up on your chest? You know, if you laid all the way back and try to like curl them from your sides, I mean, there's no way you're going to get the biggest amount of weight you can on top of you that way. So what I've done is I'll hook one leg. Well, I first I stack the two um, dumbbells on top of each other. So I have to do almost like a hammer curl to throw the one dumbbell on top of the other dumbbell um, on the left pads. Um, on the right pad, I hook my, my leg. I sit down, hook my leg. So now my left leg is unhooked and the dumbbells are stacked there. I'll bring my right dumbbell in towards my chest and hold it there. Now the left one is still on the pad. I got to kick that up with my knee, hook my leg, and then lean back with the two fucking dumbbells. Now that's, that's the hardest part of the entire exercise. Once I get back, I'm good. I feel fucking great. And, um, I think it was last week I hit 85 pound dumbbells, which to me again, like you look, I, I'm not fucking, you know, um, breaking any world records and no fucking Shane Mercer or any one of these big giant motherfuckers out there. But for me, look again, I'm, I'm weighing, you know, 166 pounds. If I'm putting two fucking dumbbells up that weighs about as much as me combined, I'm pretty fucking happy with that. I, you know, again, uh, not competing against the world here. I'm competing against myself. And I know when I see, uh, you know, these type of numbers and shit, I'm like, Oh, okay. So, um, my app, you know, after doing that and I was, I was doing sets of 10, I think I had like four sets of 10 at fucking 85 pound dumbbells. So now, you know, the app will keep pushing you. The app will go, Oh, well you can do, you can do fucking 10 reps with that. You can do six reps with 90 pound dumbbells, which shit, 
Um, sounds great. Sometimes I got to check my app and be like, okay, settle down there. We're going to scale that back just a little bit from what you were talking about. But, um, a lot of times I just let it, you know, push me in that direction because that's again, how how you're going to, you know, gain. So, um, I looked at it and I said, Oh boy, that's, that's a, that's a fucking number there. Because again, the 90 pound dumbbells combined 180 pounds I'm fucking putting up and not weighing 180 pounds. So it's a little intimidating, but um, you know, solo and all. So I went in and I think I started with like 75 pound dumbbells or something. And I did like a set of 15 or something like that. Um, I want to say that's what I did. Something, something like that. I can go back on my app and check exactly. Um, but it's really not that important. Um, I did, I did three sets because I know I was going for the fourth one. And, um, the fourth, so, so the third one, I, I went with the 90 pound dumbbells, right? And, uh, I got them up the way that I just explained. Um, and when I went to go back, I felt a little click in my back, but I, I didn't feel like bad. Like it felt like, like when you crack your back. So, and I got my six reps fucking got those six reps felt fucking great. I was like, yeah, I just crushed 90 fucking pound decline, uh, dumbbell presses and shit. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is fucking amazing. Like, you know, that for me, that number is awesome. Um, so I said, all right, um, I want to hit one more of those because as far as the presses felt, I could fucking definitely hit another foot. So as far as like the muscles I was working, I had no worries about like, could I do another set? Absolutely. I could. Um, and I was, you know, riding that fucking wave of hitting those, those, that number. Um, so, you know, rested a little bit, got myself hyped up, you know, switch song, whatever the fuck. Uh, I go to fucking do the next one. I, I set shit up same way I did before. Now I go to, uh, you know, kick up that left, um, dumbbell with my knee and I don't quite get all of it. So I guess I used a little bit more of my lower back to try to pull it up and fucking that time felt my back pull and it wasn't good. And just fucking, I could just feel the pain fucking shooting to my lower back and was just like, fuck. So I just put the dumbbells down, fucking, I'm just like cursing shit, motherfucker, you know, because I just knew it was fucked. So I, I fucking put the dumbbells back, uh, went upstairs, did some flutter kicks, then fucking came down, did a couple sets of little dumbbell curls, like light, you know, nothing crazy. I was doing 35s, you know, because I could, I've gotten pretty, pretty high in, you know, some of these numbers. I'm doing some pretty decent fucking uh, work, but. I wasn't going to push anything because everything I did, I could just feel it back there. Cause you know, even if you do arms, like you're tightening up your, your body to stabilize your, you know, your arms and all of that shit. So I did that. And then I went upstairs and I, I did a uh, tricep presses, you know, rope, uh, cable tricep presses, um, or push downs, whatever you want to call them. Um, and then I just fucking called it a night. But so I was like, yep fuck that shit up my whole back is crooked uh anytime i fuck my back up like it it's a muscle spasm so it um i guess the sciatic kind of thing but uh when it spasms it's it like i i lift my shirt look in the mirror and my whole shit is crooked like to the side it looks like i'm leaning but i'm not so uh that that's just put me on the fucking shelf for about a week i'm um so every night i did the tens machine fucking heating pad all of that type of thing 
you know, and uh, it made me feel more like a wrestling fan. <laughs> For the week. Inactive, uh, not in the gym. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I, um, yeah, I, uh, I feel a lot better now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was my week for the most part. I, um, feel pretty good now. I'm ready to get back in the fucking gym on Monday. Um, a little leery about that just because I'm going back. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the common sense would be like, yo, take it easy, but fucking, I don't do that. You know, it's, whether it's good for me or bad for me, again, I do everything to a fucking extreme. So I could go in there going, oh, take it easy. Buy like my fucking third exercise. I'm going to be trying to fucking break numbers that I, I put up, you know, the previous week. It's just, it's just the way I operate, unfortunately. It has its pluses and its minuses, you know. Um, so, yeah, let me, um, shit. All right. Um, what the fuck? You know, let me let me throw down this track. I'm gonna send Shaheen the motherfucking uh link to the show. And uh I, I wanted to play this for you motherfuckers anyway because uh I've been been meaning to. This this shit is fucking crazy. Well, you know, I've written you know many verses in my secret garden and now I like to share them with a few of you here today. Thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. Groove. Ben listen. Yo, yo, every word that I honor, for words that I stutter, make me worldwide with words, say word, world of other. I write words on paper, the paper reveal words that make me a wizard, while our people deserve. Professional, peace lethal with words, no evil intent, heaven sense, so believe in the word, peep my words. Words? Heavenly words, words that get me bread, said to be clever with words. See, I'm deep with words like Jacques Rousseau, or I can be shallow. I got that flow, see. My slow flow stanza, leave you broke as a joke, homie, Jojo dancer. The word been nice, the word been bad. The word addressed, it dressing, dressing like Sinbad, hey. My words crazy ill, I write money, cause these words pay my fucking bills. Pay. I'm the greatest poet alive. I'm the greatest wordsmith ever. I'm the, I'm Robert Frost, I'm I'm Lord Byron. My my verses are impetuous, my rhymes are impregnable. Well, well, I, I just like to say thank you for the words, but you know, we need this too. What are you doing? A word play make you flip a king with words. You know what I'm saying? Words up. Words up. Your mother. Black the words. Motherfucker, Sean Grace. Words up. Words up. In 86 this time This is the build. year This is that summer That summer of 86 Changed hip hop forever Alright Um Fuck it Let's do this one too. Yo stop fronting yeah. And use your head Let's go <laughs> 
clap with the old tool. Trade dudes that take you back to the old school. Pain that is raw, rudely rapping gin. Cane uh, battle raw, coogee rap with win. Better than most. But the better is both the truth. In the booth, little you get boots. I'm loading the full, homie. Gun some niggas now go to the store for me. <laughs> no doubt. Sean is the veteran, better than most out, most out. <laughs> Better be boy, beat me up, Scotty. The shotties for letting me boy. Sell crack in Iraq, that's the desert boy. Pocketless sweatpants, damn it, the man Leroy. Rap rules, peasants, paw. I'm getting the ah, uh, the black bone record. Man. All right, let's get back at it. Um, talk about a couple things. Um. R. Kelly, man, uh, this motherfucker, he's on some shit, this, this dude's spazzing on the fucking interview, um, fight for my life, man, uh, this, this dude was on some bullshit for a long fucking time, got away with it, um, everybody knew he was on some shit, um, so this isn't really, I didn't watch any of the documentary shit. I saw him spazzing on the interview. I saw the clips for that. Uh, they got some, some funny ass remix song shit on there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what can you say about that dude? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, on the other side of things, uh, Mike Jackson, uh, look, man, uh, all this, all this shit, they couldn't fucking, they couldn't find him guilty of anything in fucking court while he was alive. Um, think what you want to think. Whatever the case is, uh, Dew was not found guilty of anything. Um, I personally, my, I've maintained and I still maintain. Um, now, do I think he was fucked up in the head? Yeah. But you get that with a lot of geniuses. I, I think Mike, uh, he was a genius. Michael Jackson was one of the greatest of all time. Uh, you know, and it was pretty much unquestionable. I mean, the, the stuff that as far as he came through his life and, and as he progressed, you see, I mean, the dude turned into a mutant. You know, he he went from a black kid to a, a mutant. Like, he wasn't even just like a white dude. He, he looked crazy. He looked like a fucking creature, you know? Um the way I saw what what happened with him, and this, this is just my view on things. I mean, I, I don't know this motherfucker, and it is what it is, but um, I felt like his father completely stole his fucking childhood. Um, I mean, he had them kids fucked up. He beat the shit out of them kids. He took their fucking childhood. They weren't allowed to even grow up and be happy with the success and the, and the fame and no, notoriety they were getting. They their childhood was taken from them. They were pretty much just like slaved out into that the music industry. You know, they he was beating the shit out of them kids for doing like wrong dance steps and shit. And he was he was the shining star. So like, not only then was he getting beaten, his brothers and and everybody were getting beaten for not being as good as he was. Like the type of torture that that dude grew up with was uh, crazy. Now I look. Everybody handles shit differently, so you can't just say, well, he got fucked up, well, this one got fucked up, or I got fucked up, or that one got, like, not everybody handles shit the same way. The dude wound up twisted because of it. He didn't even want to look like himself anymore. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of stories of his father, you know, saying, uh, you know, talking shit on about his nose and his this and that. And the next thing you know, as soon as he has all this money and fame, he, he's changing every fucking thing that he ever was. He, he's changing his entire identity. He is shifting his entire fucking identity. And it's crazy. Like, like self-imposed witness protection shit is what this dude was doing. Um, and you saw as he, you know, gained that fame and he gained that money and that, that tremendous amount of wealth, what he was doing is he, he was building a very childlike, um, uh, scenery, a childlike reality around him. He was taking in a lot of kids who had, you know, fucked up childhoods or had, uh, you know, um, less parents or, you know, whatever the case was. Uh, there was there was different scenarios and stuff, and he was giving them like, you know, like that experience. And uh, you know, he had a little amusement park and animals and this and that. And he was doing like sleepovers with the kids. I, I really think, again, as crazy as it fucking sounds, I really think he was just caught in that fucking childlike mentality, and he was trying to relive his fucking childhood and allow. Other kids who maybe didn't have a great childhood or, you know, were were seeking some kind of happiness in their childhood to be like his friend. Like, as if he was as young as they were and they could just frolic in a fucking theme park that was all to themselves and, and and you know, be up close with animals that they didn't they never would have the chance to, to be up close with and stuff like that. Now, again, that's just the way that I view it. I think the dude um, at was was pretty much asexual like a lot of people said that too like it, like even when he he was with um what's her face uh they're like yo i don't even think they even have sex like i think it was like artificially inseminated inseminated uh you know as far as uh how he had any kids and shit there was never even like it never seemed to be romance like it never seemed to be any kind of actual closeness with another a human realistically because you could say oh you know with females and this and that maybe it was about this and that there was really no public display of anything and it, it was a very like i said an awkward uh existence that he lived so i i don't really know that like yeah like he was a complete fucking sexual deviant and shit behind his fucking scenes i i don't know i i, I don't know that um obviously you know it's it's not the norm. Anything he was doing was not the norm. But that doesn't necessarily mean the shit he was doing was fucking pedophile shit. Um, and then as far as this, these accusers now and shit, like this this dude went on trial to defend him. Like when when Michael Jackson was on fucking trial, this dude was on the defense, on the stand for the defense, saying that there was nothing fucking out of line that ever happened vouch for everything being on the up and up, all of that shit. When the dude, when, when Michael Jackson died, this dude was fucking lobbying to get his whole fucking family access to the funeral and they wanted to be at the funeral and all this shit. This dude made repeated statements to Michael Jackson's innocence. And now that he's dead and now that, you know, there's some different things going on, now, now money to be made suddenly oh this fucking dude's a monster so i i don't i don't buy it um 
now that the dude is dead, look, they, they tried the whole shit. They tried to run him through the mill. They tried to do all that shit. Everything came up not guilty. You're not going to prove this motherfucker guilty after his death and, and tarnish every fucking thing he's done. Not in my eyes, you're not. I don't give a fuck if everybody in fucking America wants to turn this fucking pussy-fied bullshit and, and turn into, oh, no, everybody needs to stop listening to his music now because now we believe that it's fucking, get the fuck out of my face. I'm not about this shit, man. Every everything, you know, gets dug up and reevaluated under this new fucking 2019 pussy society where it's like fucking, yeah, uh the, there was a comedian made a joke 10 years ago. I think it's homophobic and I I think we should stop uh supporting Kevin Hart. Uh you know, all the things he said, uh you know, maybe maybe that's not okay with the LGBT community. Get the fuck out of my face. I'm not I'm not having it. I'm not having it. You you motherfuckers do not get to decide who the fuck uh, I respect and who I believe as far as uh, what their legacy is and this and this. And, and 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 my opinion on shit doesn't change because it's 2019, 2020. It doesn't matter to me. I, I hold shit by the same fucking standards I held, held them 10, 10 years ago, 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes from now. It's going to be the same shit for me. It's not it, These millennials aren't going to change the way that I fucking view the world around me and go, well, no, he said so. You didn't hear it? Like, you didn't see that fucking special? This guy's a monster. I'm deleting shit off my iPod right now. Get the fuck away from me. I, that's why I don't fuck with you guys. I, I don't I don't like being in fucking crowds around you fucking people. This is why, like, like wrestling has gone in this direction, which is, like, I just don't like these motherfuckers. Um, you know, music has gone in this direction. Comedy, they're trying to neuter comedy. It's just, it's all bullshit. I'm not, I'm just not trying to hear it. Fucking switch, switch topics again. Fucking LeBron James, man. I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Everybody wants to jump on his ass every fucking second they get. Oh, you know, he's not Michael Jordan. He's not Michael Jordan. Well, again, like he's LeBron James. God damn it. He, this dude is has broken fucking records and and top stats. He's he's above Michael Jordan on all time scoring list. Yeah, you know I mean like he continues to crush fucking stats. I understand he doesn't have six rings. Uh, hey man, not taking anything away from anything fucking Jordan did. But every time LeBron does something, it's not good enough because oh shit, you know. Well, Jordan did it this way. Like I don't give a fuck what Jordan did. I mean. Uh, you you can go with with some of that shit, and then some of it counts and some of it doesn't. The six rings count, but it doesn't count that, like, he wasn't shit with the Wizards. Like, there wasn't a fucking thing to talk about with the Wizards. So that now when LeBron goes to L.A. and he doesn't win a title the first year, or, yeah, obviously, let's go all the way at it. He doesn't make the playoffs the first year. He He spent the most time he's ever spent off the court in a season with this injury he had. He had a lot of injuries on the fucking team. Not a lot of star power on the team. And hey, man, they didn't make the fucking playoffs. There's motherfuckers on this sports page that I'm on, this uh, sports group. This is like the the largest gathering of LeBron haters on the fucking planet, I think. Um, and uh, and it's just like, I think I stay part of this group. It's run by my man Christian over there, uh, the Daily Blitz. He's been on the show many times, but... Uh, it's you know you like hate listen or hate watch something that's kind of like what my existence in this group is like i just like pop into this group to see like how ridiculously petty motherfuckers in life could be 
And uh, th- this is like the type of shit. Like they, they they're going at Braun as if like the dude is done. Like the dude is washed up. He's done. Like he can't fucking play ball anymore. And like they they're burying this dude on a level like he ain't shit. And it's like yo, he was the best fucking player in the NBA last year. This year his stats are still good despite a motherfucking uh, you know, injury and the team not making the playoffs. But his stats are still good. Um, they're saying his defense isn't up to par. He's not following through on things. He's acting discouraged. He's criticizing teammates. Oh, okay. I, I even listened to Shaq's podcast where Shaq was like, yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I, he's like, I, I used to fucking call my teammates out all the time. He's like, when I showed up in LA and they're like, oh, well, well, Shaq, no, you're, you're a legend in LA. You're an LA legend in LA from what you accomplished and this and that. And Shaq's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like the year I showed up. I didn't win anything in L.A. yet. And and I showed up in L.A. and I started telling motherfuckers, you better step up and you better step up. If we want to get where we're going to get, you need to step up. So now when LeBron says it, it's like fucking, oh, this motherfucker, how dare he call his fucking teammates out. I don't know if he's calling his teammates out to the level of saying, yo, this guy ain't shit. They asked him, well, you know, what do you think about, you know, players that, uh, you know, are... Um, can't handle the pressure or um, don't step up, you know, when it comes to, you know, the pressure of a playoff push and this and that. And his response was just like, yeah, like if, if you can't handle the pressure of a playoff push, then maybe this isn't the franchise for you. Like people turned that shit into like this dude said like, yo, everybody on this team ain't shit. I'm the only motherfucker here playing ball. Like that's not what the fuck he said. But but again, motherfuckers are just dying to hate. The fun, the the most fun we're gonna have though, is because like people are saying like wild shit. Like he's just coasting now. He didn't even go there to play ball. He's just trying to hang out in the league until his son gets there, so he could be the first father son on a fucking team. And it's like, dude, you're talking about LeBron fucking James. This dude was dominating the fucking league last fucking year. Took a trash team as far as they fucking went. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- this fucking guy's stats are still fucking good. You you can, you know, you get all upset about him not getting back on defense or whatever the fuck you want to get mad about. But, like, either way you look at it, like, his stats aren't trash. So, so suddenly, motherfuckers are like, yeah, he, he ain't even trying to fucking play ball in L.A. Like, yo, the, the most fun we're going to have is next year when these motherfuckers make a couple wild offseason moves. And he pops the fuck off next year, and everyone's like, yeah, but still, he needed that to to fucking, like, again. Um, Mike played the majority of his career. You you guys, everyone wants to fucking compare, compare, compare. Um, Mike played the majority of his career. And don't tell me about, oh, yo, it was all homegrown and this, that. It doesn't matter. He played the majority of his fucking career with one of the best fucking... Um, Start uh, one of the best forwards to ever play the fucking game. Scottie Pippen was hands down one of the best forwards to ever play the game. So you you can talk all the fuck you want, but when you can look and say, "Hey, LeBron had one of the best fill in the blanks to ever play the game for his whole career," well then then we could talk. Yeah, he had his his run with D Wade. And, uh, you know, and Bosch and Ray Allen and all that shit. 
and threw down two titles. Uh, he had Kyrie. Kyrie fucking bailed. And Kyrie's Kyrie's trash. When it when it comes to a fucking teammate and how motherfuckers like conduct themselves, Kyrie's fucking trash. Kyrie tried to throw LeBron under the bus for holding him back, fucking bailed, left, went to fucking uh went went to Boston. When Boston fucking was up against Braun in the fucking playoffs, Kyrie was hurt and didn't even fucking show up. Didn't even take the fucking plane to show up. Not to mention this fucking guy thinks the earth's flat. Um, but on top of that, and then, and now like this year, he started making public apologies. Like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I didn't handle things right with LeBron. He's a great player. I'd love to be play with him again. You know what I mean? Like, so all of a sudden, oh shit, look, LeBron had to deal with that. You know, as far as his, as the teammates he was, he was given. And it's like, yeah, this dude won fucking two titles in Miami and, and, and people are like, yeah, but he said he was going to win three or four. Like, get the fuck out. You guys really like, oh, but, but he lost that other, that, that one against fucking Dallas. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, you guys are legitimately mad at him for not winning every title that he's ever competed for. But simultaneously, don't have a problem with calling Brady to go. Despite the fact that he's lost a couple. It's like, you guys got to pick a side. Um... So I don't know. It, it, it's just fucking funny to me because I know this is the this is the calm before the storm. Y'all get to watch playoffs this year without Braun. Don't think that shit happens next year. I mean, if you're really going to pretend like this dude is washed up, I, I want you to stop talking about sports in general next year begins. You know, once once the next year goes and he's hitting his fucking stride, I, I want y'all to stop talking about motherfucking sports altogether. So, uh, yeah. We'll see. Nah, I don't think anyone's going to stop talking. But anyway, um, what else I got? got a lot of things. Uh, Jonathan Stopper, uh, I got to give him a shout out. Uh, was it Powerbomb Prince? Uh, he uh, came through on his promise to give me a Muffin Club shirt. We were not on good terms when um, Kevin had passed and the Muffin Club shirts were in circulation. So it really wasn't like a good opportunity for me to um, get one despite, you know, being, being a definite friend of, of Kevin's. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that just kind of, you know, lingered. It was like, man, I want one of them fucking shirts. And, um, you know, we, we had uh, reconciled and uh, we, we had become, uh, you know, we've talked, and uh, we're we're cool now, me and Jonathan. And uh, he fucking came through. I asked him to make me a shirt, and you know, the, the, he had printed out a bunch of them. So this one he did like as a solo fucking favor, and, and reprinted one. And uh, yeah, fucking hit me up last week. Like, yeah, like gonna send you the shirt. What's your address? And sure enough fucking I, I got myself a muffin club shirt so i can't thank him enough for it uh means a lot to me really does so um shout out to him and all that um homicide has now been wrestling 25 years in the business um that's that's dope i mean homicide is is definitely uh laid the groundwork for a lot of guys through everything he's contributed in the doghouse and and the trainer, you know, the, as a trainer, and the people he helped come up, um, you know, through his his uh, mentorship, I guess you call it. 
Um, and just, I mean, what he's accomplished in wrestling from Jersey All Pro and his New York stuff at USA Pro and, and all all of that to, um, you know, Ring of Honor. D- did a little bit in CZW. Uh, he's been all over the place. He's gone to Japan. He's he's feuded with, you know, countless stars in the business. TNA and uh, yeah, I mean, and he's still going strong. So uh, shout out to Homicide. Definitely one of my favorite cats to talk to. Uh, it's been a minute since I've had him on the show. Maybe I'll uh, hit him up this year and we'll do another one. Um, he was one of my first guests on the show too. So that was fucking eight years ago in itself. I think eight years I've been doing this, something like that. Uh, so yeah, big shout out to Homicide, one of the absolute best in the business. And uh, yeah, it's that's great to see a dude, you know, carry on so long in the business and uh, you know be so successful. And uh, you know his, his hard work has paid off. I feel. Um, I don't know that he's gotten the the big big checks he deserves. He definitely deserves some of that big money that some of these guys are out there making. So hopefully, uh, I would hope that you know when it's all said and done, you know he goes he could land some kind of maybe a, a training job in the performance center or, or something, you know, to really just fucking set his future right. Um, Wax is returning. Wax is returning at VOW. Um, and uh, it's just like I forget what the name of their uh, Lords of Anarchy or something. Their tournament. That's cool. Uh, he he's a crazy fucking dude. Uh, he he takes crazy crazy bumps. Uh, he was taking a, a lot of height bumps, and uh, you know he's pretty much answered all my questions with like very very limited interaction or even uh definitely no conversation on my end. Just reading a couple posts, like you kind of knew, like. Yeah, that thought, like, man, like, he's going to come back. I wonder if he's still going to do those hype bumps. And he, like, right off the bat was like, oh, you know, coming back to this building, uh, I wonder what kind of uh, high spots they got. Or, you know, he said something along those lines where it's like, oh, he's coming back and looking for some shit to jump off of. And then um, there was immediate talk between, like, him and, and Schlack and, like, you know, hinting, like, you know, there's a there's a hope for that in the future, which I could expect. And then, uh, you know, just in case you're like, oh, maybe it's a one-time thing, this and that. Some of his friends had, had commented like, oh, that's so fucking far. He's like, don't worry. I, I think there's going to be some other ones uh, a lot closer very soon. So, I mean, you could pretty much just imagine that this dude's going to be in the, probably GCW or H2O or one of those things very shortly, which is great. So, uh, good to see him back doing some crazy shit. He's now... Uh, one thumb less than he was last time he wrestled. So, um, you know, I mean, it worked for uh, Messiah. I mean, Wax was never, you know, quite the Messiah, but uh, you know, he he could do some wild shit out there. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Jim Cornette joined the MLW commentary team, which is fucking wild because uh. You know, he hates fucking high spots. You got a company with fucking Teddy Hart and Pentagon and, like, all those type of guys in there. Like, he's obviously going to have some shit to say. He's either going to have to, like, majorly bite his tongue during half the matches, which is not likely to happen. Or he's going to make a lot of shitty comments on commentary. 
Um, speaking of shitty comments on commentary, Joey Janela um, is has been doing pretty much uh, consistent commentary for GCW. Um, last weekend he uh, did commentary on the um, what the fuck is it? Live and die in LA or some shit. Um, I only saw the uh, Marcus Crane Schlack match, which I liked quite a bit. I thought it was a very, very good uh, death match. Um, crazy spots all over the fucking place. And the finish was absolutely fucking bananas. Uh, they went for like a fire spot, like fire table spot. And um, poured like cap broke on the, the lighter fluid thing. You know, they normally have that little nipple thing on the top. And he kind of like squirt it. Well, this this became not a squirt. It was a pouring of lighter fluid on the fucking table. Uh, possibly, it might have been a door. Um, possibly the most lighter fluid I've ever seen used on one contraption at, at a time. And uh, holy shit, that fucking thing went up like crazy. Um, so yeah, um, but during this match, Joey uh, Joey was clearly drunk through this show. And, um, he just, he says really shitty things. This, this seemingly is his thing. Like he's just going to go on commentary and he's just going to shit on people. Um, so during this match, he says, Schlack, let me, let me see. Cause I think I, I wrote the quote down. Technically sound, Schlack is one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen, but in death matches. And like, as he said that. Schlack did a tope to the outside, and he goes, oh, just as I say that, he proves me wrong, or he, he, I, I spoke too soon, he says some shit like that. But, like, when you're the commentator, and you fucking go out there, and you say, this guy might be one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen, but then, like, you're going to give him credit in death matches, but either way, what kind of bullshit is that? Like, that's such a shitty thing to say. That, that's, that's trash. There's no way that like the guy you're talking about is like, yeah, that's that's fucking accurate and that's that's I'm so glad he said that. That's so great. During my match, he's pointing out like, oh, this dude's a terrible wrestler, but he's fucking crazy in death matches. Like that's like someone doing commentary on Joey's matches and just being like, This guy might be built like Lena Dunham, but boy can he fucking go in that ring. Joey would hear that shit and go like, dude, why do you have to say the shit about fucking Lena Dunham body I'm rocking all the time? Like, why, why why, you got to call me Doughy while I'm wrestling, even though, like, you pointed out that that was a great fucking uh, powerbomb that, that I just pulled off. Like, I mean, you, did you have to call me fat right before you called that spot? That That's the that's the, the vibe I get. You know what I mean? It's just like he, he felt the need to say something shitty before he said something good. It's like a backhanded compliment. It doesn't make any fucking sense to do that when you're putting the company over. And, you know, it's not like... Joey's doing, like, fucking commentary on this little shitty company he doesn't give a fuck about, and, like, he's just gonna, like, make a joke out of it and shit on the workers and fucking, like, an inside joke, and then go back to his fucking friends and be like, yeah, fucking, you hear what I said about that asshole on that match? Like, this is the fucking guy that you're behind. You're backing this fucking company 100%. This isn't, like, it's just fucking really, really weird to fucking do shit like that. So, I don't know. It's just, it's just trash. Um, I guess I'll just go forward from that to, um, 
the uh, GCW show on uh, Saturday. Saturday? No. Friday. Last night. Um, I watched I watched a little bit, bits and pieces of this. And um, although I, I will give Joey credit for, for this show a little bit more. Um, he did solo commentary on, like, the whole fucking show. So, um, that, that takes something. And through a good amount of the show, he was calling it pretty fucking well. But again, Joey decides that he just, he needs to be shitty. He has to just, like, talk shit on people and, and bury things. Like, early in the show, he's, like, called, like, a double stompers. Like, yeah, it's like the 12th double stomp in this show already. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna fucking point out that, like, these guys are fucking reusing the same move over and over when like later in the show when he was on the card he'd be the fucking 24th double stomp in the show you know what i mean like the same type of thing he wouldn't i don't think he would appreciate i'm not gonna speak for him and say like yeah he would hate that but i mean some things it just there's no way it sounds good if you're putting the product over it's like oh another fucking double stomp like that's that's not the way you should fucking commentate i mean it's it's crazy. I mean, if it really bothers you to that extent, and this is your fucking crew, then maybe at intermission rather than announce it, you go, hey, dude, like just just a heads up. I know you're not out there for the other guys' matches, but man, the fucking double stomps are rolling out like like fucking water tonight. Like, you know, maybe maybe knock that shit down. Especially you know, Alex is later in the card, and yeah, he he's that shit is his, like his finish type shit. You know. But I don't know. Um, that's just me. But so during this show, he shit on Ian Rotten randomly. Uh, it was like, yeah, this is this is real deathmatch wrestling, not like that Ian Rotten shit that he books out there. And then he was like struggling to look for a name to shit on. He's like that fucking insane lane shit. Which look, I agree, insane lanes fucking uh, deathmatch wrestling is trash. I'm not even saying that I, I disagree with with everything that Joey says. I just don't think it's shitty to just randomly fucking bury people on the on the commentary. I, I mean, fuck, do whatever you want to do. But it, some of it just makes zero sense. Like like uh, like I said, the the schlack thing. Like that's on your product. Like uh, if you want to quote, you know, to quote another CW line, uh, crush the competition while you're on the fucking uh commentary i guess you know whatever um then he took he took a a lot of opportunities to just like shit on low-key during the fucking commentary which is weird you know when it's just him it's just one guy on commentary and he's going like yeah i'm low-key and he's doing like a like a shitty low-key impression and like shitting on him and talking shit it it seems like the popular thing to shit on low-key um it's become more and more uh, i guess commonplace um, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like Joey's never had a match, um, up to low keys caliber. Joey's done some crazy shit. Joey's done some really good stuff. I'm not taking anything away from what Joey's done in the wrestling ring, but there's not a chance he's a better wrestler than low key. Um, no one, no one, uh, I, I would say that low key is, has been taken more seriously than than Joey has and Joey's definitely not um ramping back. He's not uh making that less of a a fact because he, he continues to make himself look like a joke. 
He he doesn't take himself seriously. He's drinking like like a fucking madman. When this guy's got a contract with AEW and he hasn't even fully healed from his injury, I'd imagine he's going to be back any minute because he's doing a lot of walking around. And I mean, I know that's way different than you know landing on your feet off of a you know some kind of spot or you know twists and turns that you got to do and stuff in the ring. But I feel like like he's he seems pretty mobile just based on like what I've seen of him walking around drunk on the boardwalk and fucking, you know, jumping around and every birthday party fucking uh Jimmy Lloyd has, but um it's just weird. I mean, it's just it's just a very strange path to take where it's like, yeah, this this dude got this fucking big contract. Now he's just going to openly shit on other wrestlers and promoters. And guys on his own fucking show, and then just just drink like like he has no fucking future plans. It's it just it's fucking bizarre. But uh, that's that's Joey for you. Um, um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, yeah, there, there's a continuous. Oh, he shit on Brandon Kirk too, which again I don't disagree with, but uh. Yeah, you know, it's just fucking weird. I mean, just continue to take like shots at everybody for kind of no reason. Um, so let me see where do I want to go with this? Yeah. So also during the show, uh, Joe Gacy and Alex Cologne have a match. The cha- the the fans are chanting this. They're chanting that during the match, and. Um, or before the match, I should say. Alex does the whole quiet, the whole crowd down thing. Hush, hush, hush. And fucking, uh, and starts a fuck DJ chant. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, and Gacy's in on that and whatever. At some point, uh, they start chanting, uh, DJ's bitch at Gacy. And that's when Joey chimed in. Oh, no. That that's wrong. That's actually uh, Brandon Kirk, <laughs> and like he'll say some shit like that. Like, hey, you know that this isn't like that bullshit Ian books. Sorry, Ian. Like what? <laughs> and then like, yeah, no, uh, Gacy's not a uh, DJ's bitch. Brandon Kirk's DJ's bitch. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> like what the fuck? Why apologize? I mean, you just. You found fucking some random reason to bury the fucking guy. And uh, now you're sorry. Like, just, I don't know. Um, I guess it's it's entertaining to a certain extent, you know? Just doesn't seem like good business by any stretch of the imagination. But I guess that's, that's not what he's into. Um, so, yeah, uh, it just, it's wild because uh, the CZW faithful are all fucking fleeing. And it's no surprise. You know, this is the thing, too. Like, uh, some of the things I, I initially got into these arguments and, and this and that about with Joey was CZW and his defense of CZW. It's funny how the tables turn because when he was there, he was talking, oh, no, like, you, you fucking fans are, are being ridiculous. If you don't like it, you know, just fucking don't go. Uh they're heading in a great direction. They're, um, you know, they're, they're making progress towards, uh, the future. They're evolving, you know, all this. And, 
you know, he just kept saying things along the lines of, like, they know what the fuck they're doing, you're just fans, like, if you don't like it, find something different, like, just telling people, like, fuck off, uh, and then, you know, look at your watch, wait, 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 oh, Joey's leaving CZW, he's done with them, and then, uh, you know, this one left, and then that one left, so, uh, the, the trend continues, um, Dan O'Hare showed up in, in GCW. I don't know that he's gone from CZW. Uh, I just know that he showed up in GCW. Connor Claxton, who had stopped working for GCW, started. He's back working for GCW. Um, trying to think of who else. Um, uh, Dan O'Hare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, these these were all CZW guys. Now, the other thing that happened, that that's a big, major fucking thing. Major, major fucking thing, as far as I'm concerned. People might not take Kid Osborne as, um, you know, a, a main eventer or a major player and this and that. But the fact that the matter is, is Kid Osborne was a CZW guy through and through. When people watched the sinking ship that is CZW and watched the things that were completely misbooked, and while GCW handed the fans their fucking wildest fucking dreams, while GCW keep kept pulling out every stop, and, and the thing about what GCW is doing is, is what CZW, I said it for a long time, they took CZW's blueprint and fucking ran with it and stepped the fucking game up. CCW used to be unapologetic and aggressive. And what DJ turned it into is very apologetic. And his other move is gaslighting. And that's the same thing that any defenders of CCW would do. They would just gaslight you. No, no, no. CCW is doing better than ever. Oh, their numbers. Oh, I know you don't see any people in the crowd, but you understand like our iPay-per-view numbers are through the roof. Um, oh, you know, you should see like the sales in Germany that we're getting, you know, we, we, uh, I mean, people are clamoring for CZW and, uh, yeah, no, you, you don't understand. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes and like, you know, we're working towards these TV deals in California. So there's a certain way we need to gear the product and this and this and this. And, and when it comes down to the reality of CZW, it's crickets across the board. There's nobody in California riled up about CZW. There's nobody in Jersey, riled up about CZW, Philly, New York, Texas, California, any fucking where. Now, if you picked CZW up, if you picked CZW up and brought a show to fucking Wisconsin, all those people in Wisconsin would bug out for a minute because, oh shit, CZW's coming here. We're not used to seeing CZW. How fucking cool. As soon as they got enough to see that this isn't the CCW that they expected, or this isn't the CCW they read about or, or saw on DVDs or used to watch or used to love. They joined the fucking, okay, maybe, maybe they'll do better next time. 
You know, they could hold out hope for it to turn in a better direction. But that's that's what we've done over here on the East Coast for fucking years and begged for better and begged for better. And DJ would give excuse after excuse. And, no, you don't understand. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. And the fans have to understand that it's not that easy to do this and this. And, and it, you know, well, we tried to do this and then some things happened. And uh, so we're doing what's best. And uh, meanwhile, GCW pops up. And, and I, I don't know how many times i got to say this but you know i have never been a fan of the the owners of gcw so for them to or or i I should say for the longest time i have not been a fan of brett lauderdale has actually been a guest on yakuza kick radio i don't think that'll ever happen again on either one of our parts but um he's been a guest on yakuza kick radio because i used to be on our right terms with him uh danny damano um oh i used to be on speaking terms with him and, um, you know, but anyway, um, but for what I, uh, for what you can see is that GCW is, is fucking taking exactly what CZW said they couldn't do. Oh, you know, this came up and that came up and this and that they're digging out every fucking thing that CZW fans ever fucking wanted. Like even shit like, dude. Fucking, you go back to even the Zandig era. It's like, yeah, Jody Fleisch was a huge fucking hit. Well, they didn't fucking bring him in for too long. They brought him in for a handful of shows, and, and that was it. Like, just, just a, a small handful. In fucking 2018, GCW's like, oh, how about fucking uh, Jack Evans and Jody Fleisch and Tevin Hart and Teddy Hart in the fucking ring? What the fuck? Like, just, just because they knew CCW fans would fucking love it. Now, those are GCW fans now, of course, but this all comes from the same pot. Same comes from the same crowd of people who were begging for things and being told, we can't do it, we can't do it. We want death matches. We want, well, you know, well, you know, oh, Jersey, we can't. Oh, Philly, we can't. Next thing you know, GCW pops up and they're doing Big Japan death matches in fucking indoors in New Jersey. And it's like, oh, they're going to get shut down. They're going to get shut down. They're going to show up. Keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Oh, shit, they're doing this, they're doing it. To the point where CCW goes, oh, wait, I guess it wasn't impossible. Now they do a fucking deathmatch tournament in New Jersey. So it took other motherfuckers to push the limits. It took other motherfuckers to run the blocks, you know, to, to make like a football analogy, to, to run block, to fucking lead the path, to fucking pave the way for a company that was as, as established as CCW that refused to fucking push the limits anymore. Like nothing else, but they wait till every other motherfucker does it before they even step up and attempt to do shit anymore. So this is this is what I meant. This is what I've been talking about with CZW. I wanted CZW to fucking succeed more than any fucking buddy else. And they would look at what I was saying. Oh, J-Cat's so fucking critical. He's critical. He says negative stuff. Really? Because I was the fucking diehard fan for fucking 10 plus years sitting front row every fucking month. Good shows, bad shows, all of that shit. And they're only you can only take so much of insulting of someone's intelligence and, and, and telling you, no, no, everything's great, when you know you've seen better with your own fucking eyes. And they're like, no, no, no shit. it used to be all death matches. And DJ, is, he's created a wrestling company. You motherfucker. Like, I was at fucking Best of the Best 1. You know? It's just, it doesn't make any fucking sense to talk to people like that when they're fucking adults with with fully functioning brains. So after so long of that, Hey, it it works. That Vince McMahon fucking, uh, 
the whole uh, game plan, the, the blueprint of, of Vince McMahon going, well, what the fuck are you going to do? You don't have a lot of options. I'm just going to do what the fuck I want to do, tell you what the fuck I want to tell you, and you'll fucking deal with it because we're the fucking WWE and you have no options. That worked for CCW for a long fucking time because as far as deathmatch goes on the East Coast, as far as that hardcore, that edge, nobody else was putting it out there. Nobody. So if you wanted it, you had to deal with the best DJ was going to give you. You had to deal with DJ's excuses. You had to keep begging for more, begging for more. When your only fucking food source was one motherfucker clutching a fucking sandwich and ripping off pieces of the crust and throwing it to you, you had to be like, well, I guess I'll eat these fucking scraps because otherwise I'm going to die out this motherfucker. Next thing you know, GCW shows up with a fucking full buffet and they're like, come on, everybody, fucking bring it on. Who the fuck is standing around for DJ's fucking crust pieces like he's feeding ducks at the park? You know what I mean? Nobody's doing that shit anymore. Now everybody's drifting over like, hey, uh, hey, DJ, uh, I'll see you next month, man. I'm just going over there for a bit. Little by little, everybody fucking left. From fans to the wrestlers that were defending against the fans who said, I'm, I'm getting out of here. There's better shit up right right there. It's fucking right there. What what I wanted to see is right over there. And the wrestlers that, that wanted to defend CZW went, no, no, it's just, it, no, nah, it, it's, it, it's good here. No, no, it's just like, yeah, wait till you see what we're going to, eh. and it all amounted to fucking nothing. So, as I said, as I started off to say, Kid Osborne was a guy who defended it through and through. And as I said before, Kid Osborne was a guy who suddenly got handed a spot in CZW. And CZW was such a major company, such, such a staple of the East Coast. And, and one of the big, big fucking feds, as far as independent wrestling goes, CZW's letters still ring fucking loud. But like Snoop said, you know, your bark was loud, but your bite wasn't vicious. That, that's the type of shit that CZW is right now. That, that bark is still loud because the, the name, the letter is CZW just fucking rings. But then you find out, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't actually show up like the CZW we heard about or we lived through. So some of these guys are too young to even know the fucking difference and just know, shit, I'm part of these fucking letters now. And other people just want to be blind to it because, fuck, as long as it is has some form of relevance and I'm part of this, well, then I'm part of something really fucking big. But, alas, uh, Kid Osborne posted this. Uh, as of today, I have decided to part ways with Combat Zone Wrestling. With the goals I have set for myself, I felt that in order to achieve them, it's in my best interest to step away at this time. When I first stepped foot into Combat Zone as a fan, I knew it was where I wanted to be and becoming a student at the academy only further solidified that notion. I have always stayed loyal during the good and the bad. I have learned an incredible amount over the years, but unfortunately I learned that loyalty doesn't always reward and at times felt my loyalty went unnoticed. However, there has also been some times where hard work had paid off and stepping up changed the game for me. And not without these times would I have become the wrestler I am today. I cherish every moment I've had, every opportunity given, all the amazing people I've had the pleasure of meeting and becoming close with. So thank you, CZW. 
So the reason why I say that is a major thing is because when its strongest defenders, when its last hanger-ons, when its last um, defenders, I mean, that, that's really the best way to say it, the people who, who did not want to give up on hope on CZW decide that it is, they got to get away from it. And the thing is, is, you know, this is independent wrestling. You can work for CZW, you can work for GCW, you can work for Ring of Honor, you can work for here, you can work for there. Some of these contracts are exclusive. CCW is not one of them. So when CZW becomes a big enough weight that you need to walk away from the company to work for another non-contracted company, it's bad. It's bad, it's been bad, and it's continuing to just go downhill and further and further fucking downhill. And they, they are they are doing fucking horrific things. Um, I, I'm definitely going to get into uh, some more about CZW. Um, let me see. Where is my... Okay. So now uh, let's just go into the other thing. Um, CZW uh, does this angle with House of Glory. Now, uh, they teased the thing at Cage of Death. I could swear they said that it was going to go down at the uh, anniversary show. I could be wrong. Um, I said that before. But it was supposed to be Amazing Red and uh, Anthony Gangone, which I guess is the house of the Gangone. I don't um, know too, too much about House of Glory. I know it's, you know, a company ran by um, Brian XL, Amazing Red. Uh, you know, they do a whole thing. It's a mostly New York based company. Uh, I know their distribution is not great because, um, some of these shows, I mean, the GCW shows, I've watched so much of this shit because it's just like lands in your lap or it's like, Oh, here, here, watch some of this shit. There's people doing live fucking Facebook lives and shit. And it's just like, Oh, fucking, oh yeah, I forgot that was tonight. Oh shit. Here it is. So it, it becomes like presented to you. It's like, you, you just know like, Hey, you want to watch this? Like, oh, okay. Uh, you could search House of Glory, and it's hard as fuck to find a card or, like, a, a list of DVDs or uh, online downloads. I imagine you can find it, but they have just been, like, I mean, they they were booking, like, Ricochet AJ Styles and shit a couple of years back or, or Ricochet Lowkey, and it was like, holy shit, what the fuck? And, and it's just, like, they packed their little fucking building. They did really not a lot to push uh, people all over the world seeing the matches they were presenting, which always just struck me as just strange. Like, they are absolutely putting on a top-notch product. The little buildings they're booking out there, they're filling. But it was always strange to me that, that their distribution and their actual uh, promotion was just, just not good. Um, so... Uh, CCW running a cross-promotion thing with them has its pluses in that the talent is fucking top-notch. Even their students. I'd put over Smiley a lot of times. That dude is, is very, very talented. Um, so that's that's obvious positives to that. Um, again, the negatives is, well, that your promotion, I mean, maybe you can promote heavier, but CCW has become less promoted. I, I forgot the trifecta elimination was even on until I, I saw Captain Dave broadcasting live from the uh, whatever the fuck they were at, uh, Coliseum or wherever the fuck. Um, so, yeah, that that's what this has become. 
CCW has become this. So the trifecta elimination was won by uh, the fucking guy. Jesus Christ. I had his name before. Um, the dude from um, Murder by Kicks. Uh, Travis something. Um, I think that's his name. Uh, fuck, man. I completely forgot this guy's name. But anyway, uh, he, he won the fucking the tournament. And then the main event was going to be uh, the House of Gangone, which is uh, Amazing Red. And I guess there's a lot more of them. But representing the House of Gangone, uh, Anthony Gangone and Amazing Red versus the Rep. So, again, I I didn't I barely knew the fucking show was going on, let alone had any interest in you know trying to find a way to watch it again. You know, live live streaming that was something CZW was doing, and they just abandoned. They just up oh, can't do it. Uh, so anyway, you can catch the uh, the the internet pay per view thing like the next day or two days later or something. Like uh, you're really just bailing on the availability of a live stream. And they blamed the flyer skate zone for a while and said, oh, yeah, we can't get internet feed in there. You know, it's it's really rough to get a uh, service and uh, that, that prevents us from the and, and then they moved to another joint there. That still nothing. So there's just there's no effort on, on trying to better themselves at all, not even better themselves back to where they used to be. CCW has continuously declined in so many different fucking areas. And to deny that at this point is, is fucking bizarre. The crowds are, are tiny. That was that was the one big positive out of this fucking little brawl uh, riot situation that they did. The crowd looked big at the end of the show. Half <laughs> of the motherfuckers were House of Glory and CCW students. So the the event goes down, and I hadn't really heard anything. Um, and the next day, Maven posted some wild shit, some like. I'm tired of people uh, making CZW to be a joke. Let me let me see if I can find this thing. Um, I was just sending this to somebody earlier. Uh, let me see. It says, fool me once. I don't understand the utter lack of professionalism or respect that has taken over pro wrestling in the last decade. From boys thinking they're actually tough men to mediocre grapplers being done favors and trying to take advantage. I posted the other day about how I'm a proud nobody, but let me clear one thing up. I'm a man. I have self-respect. I will not tolerate stupidity and quite honestly, the danger to me or my performers created by arrogant fucks who think they're bigger than the business. I tried to be nice. I once gave people the benefit of the doubt. Since that time, I have been harassed online, called names, had my manhood questioned. I will accept this no more. This is a very simple solution. Stop talking shit behind our backs and shaking our hands in the locker room. Stop thinking these three seconds of you bucking the system will earn you respect. Stop thinking we are jokes. If you want a joke, I have one for you. I'm in my 40s with a bad back and a knee that will probably need to be replaced in the next two years, but I'm saying let's end this shit. I got asked to do another shoot fight and told I could even pick my opponent. If you're the man, if you're a man, the man a head of house, a bad guy, or whatever nonsense you've dreamed up because you're 15 minutes on a weekend. Uh, people ignore that you're a loser in real life and you want to prove some real shit. Step to the mat with me. No cops, no locker rooms, no run out and stop shit. 
uh april 12th i have an offer and no opponent hell i'll even give you my pay if you could beat me where the fuck is if you could beat me uh but let's be clear that will be the only time you get the respect on a handshake before or after Stop thinking this shit is sweet. Y'all want to play? Come the fuck on, pussies. So when I read that, my first thought was, oh, this is this is some GCW shit. Maven had enough of this shit. GCW has been poking fucking CZW for a long fucking time. And, uh, and um, yeah, like, fuck, man. I, I don't blame him for feeling this way. He's fucking snapping. He's like, yo. And, and Maven's, like, legitimate. Like, he does fucking uh, Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And could probably fuck one of these cats up. Could definitely fuck one of these cats up in real life. Whether it be Danny D'Amato or Brett Lauderdale. Or without a fucking question. So, um, you know, I, I read that and I'm like, oh, you know, Maven's popping off. Look at this shit. Good for him. Finally fucking defending himself when these motherfuckers are running in and out of there. Smacking CZW in the mouth and walking away laughing. And CZW is just like the bitches that sit there and be like, oh. So then, like, I hit some people up, like, yo, like, what the fuck is this all about? Is this GCW shit? Oh, no, no, no. Maven's, uh, Maven's playing up this angle with House of Glory. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? That, who the fuck even knew that was an angle other than, like, they, they got the rep and, the, you know, they're, they're, you know, they got attacked with, you know, House of Gangone thing. And then, you know, they're going forward with this. And then, and then I find out, oh, there was a there was a full on riot at CZW last night, and like, oh fuck. So now I see the video, and it's like fake punches, shitty looking things, fucking students smiling, looking ridiculous, um, just ridiculous looking shit across the board, which is what you expect out of CZW. Um, I then also went back today. To, to catch the end of the show to see the finish. Cause then I started hearing rumors that, that uh, they're saying that no, 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 this, this is legit. This is, this is real because that's not how the finish was to go. And it was a quick count. Like the, 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 uh, the rep dude didn't kick out. So they got the three count and uh, like, yeah, fucking those guys weren't supposed to win the titles. So, okay. First off, Wrestlers know when the fuck they're going over and when they're not going over. Um, so an accidental three count on the ref has happened before, but like, you know, the guy rolls over and whispers like, no, 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 it was two. And then the fucking dude like looks over, like he's looking at a timekeeper table and he goes two and like, just does like a wave off sign. Like, no, 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 no. And he goes two, two. And like the fucking guy who like thought he won, you know, quote unquote thought he won puts up a like what the fuck da 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 and then like the guy who's supposed to win gets the fucking hits the finish and you know it's it's been easily rectified in wrestling many many times if if the 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 three count comes down and it's not supposed to generally it's not where like the ref then hands the guy who was not supposed to win the title match on the main event hands that guy the belt and he walks around holding it up like, yep, won the fucking titles tonight. Like that's not the way that goes. If if you're telling me that's, that's the version of why it's real. That's the version of why it's real. Cause then DJ got mad because those guys weren't supposed to win. So he's like, what the fuck? 
Dave, uh, Dave McCall is in the fucking ring screaming, that wasn't the fucking finish, which, holy shit, that's a bad fucking angle. Like, that is not the way we sell this angle. What the fuck is that? Um, so then this silly-ass brawl happens. Uh, Matt Travis, I think, is the dude's name who won the, uh, the uh, trifecta elimination. So now, Matt Travis wins the fucking trifecta elimination, right? So, um, you got a House of Glory guy wins the fucking trifecta elimination. The fucking uh, House of Gangone wins the fucking tag titles on the main event. CCW puts out a fucking thing. It's like a, you know, a press release kind of, kind of deal. Let me see, where is this? United State, uh, United Wrestling Network and Combat Zone Wrestling severs ties with performers. Removal causes changes to CZW's best of the best voids title change. Voorhees, New Jersey, March 5th, 2019. Saturday night at Combat Zone Wrestling... CCW trifecta elimination and a handful, a handful of performers and guests acted in an unsafe and unprofessional manner. Their actions endangered other performers, staff, and most importantly, the fans in attendance. Oh, when the fuck did you guys start caring about that shit? That's, that's a new one. Um, the United wrestling network does not condone this behavior. We will be launching a full investigation into the incident. <laughs> oh, first off, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Just fucking stop. You're going to a, a full investigation. And if needed, take immediate legal action. <laughs> Until the conclusion of these proceedings, Combat Zone Wrestling will not be employing any of the individuals who initiated that incident, including, but not limited to, Jonathan Figueroa, which is Amazing Red, and I could have completely butchered his last name. I'm not sure. Anthony Gangone and Matthew Travis uh, Palacios or some shit like this. UWN has also vacated any recognition of the CCW World Tag Team Championship change that occurred on Saturday night, returning the titles to the rep immediately. Additionally, this action now leaves three open spots for the upcoming Best of the Best tournament scheduled for April 13th. We will be announcing these replacements in the forthcoming days and weeks. We apologize to any fans looking forward to seeing these individuals in a black and yellow ring. Uh, David Marquez, president, United Wrestling Network. David Markland, owner of CZW Wrestling. Okay, so here's the deal. It's obviously a fucking work. The whole thing looks like shit. Um, so now what you're doing is you're unpromoting the people who might have drawn more people to your best of the best tournament. You guys have been bringing in the worst fucking houses in CCW history on a regular basis. Uh, with the exception of a show here and there that, you know, bumps up in, in attendance a little bit. But even that, Cage of Death was not fucking packed. Um, so... CCW has bowed out of WrestleMania weekend where everybody else is, is 
is participating and, and this is their big stage and their packing houses. CZW failed when they brought best of the best away from their fucking home crowd. One of their biggest staple shows, they brought it away from their home crowd, brought it out to Florida and fucking failed. Drew a horrible fucking house and took a beating. And I'm so fucking happy that they took a beating on that because again, they smacked their home crowd in the fucking face and said, no, no, it's more important that we draw in a different market thing that you guys have used as a staple every year as, as loyal fans. But unless you could afford a fucking plane ticket down to fucking Florida, we're giving this away to someone else. And guess what? Motherfuckers didn't show up. And I, I, I fucking smiled my ass off at that shit. Great. Good for you, asshole. You don't know shit, DJ. Newsflash, you're a fucking failure. You bought your way into the fucking business you didn't belong in. No one took you fucking seriously before. And now that there's an option that they don't have to deal with your bullshit booking and ridiculous decisions, motherfuckers aren't taking you seriously now either. When you when you were the owner of three letters that meant a whole lot, no thanks to you at all, and that was the only fucking choice they had, and you still had a little bit of, of uh, respect for those letters and, and a semblance of trying to continue what CZW did. Still had your followers. You still had that support. But it was still support for the brand. Not, not for your mind. Not for your vision. You got the vision of fucking Ray Charles. So now, here we are. You've unpromoted the fucking guys that you promoted. You you had a you had an interpromotional thing going. The amazing red is returning the best of the best. He was in the first best of the best. This fucking guy's gonna be in, in this best of the best now. Now seasoned veteran, amazing red. You run trifecta elimination that nobody was looking for. That was one of the CCW's past things that nobody was looking for. That's what you choose to bring back. Not all the guys that GCW has brought back on your behalf when your fans are screaming for them and GCW is like, oh, we'll do that. You, you've decided not to, but we will. But you bring back trifecta elimination. Nobody is looking for that. You put over the, the, the House of Glory guy and then fucking revoke it within a week. So now you have no WrestleMania weekend shows. Best of the best is the week after WrestleMania weekend. You have a cross-promotional show going with WrestlePro, which is complete shit. WrestlePro is trash. The one positive you have on there is Dan Moff works for WrestlePro. So maybe you can book Dan Moff again. Well, remember when you had Dan Moff as a tag title uh, tag champion and he was blowing your show off week in and week out or month in and month out? And you had to like team fucking monster Mac up with somebody else because he's like, yeah, I found something better to do that weekend. Not showing up fucking tag champ. Not there. Tag champ. Not there. He finally came back to drop the fucking titles and he didn't see him again. So now at best, you'll be able to book him for another couple of shows. Pat Buck is in best of the best because everyone's looking for that shit. And Pat Buck's not a bad worker. Now, I've had my issues with him in the past. He's not a bad worker, but nobody's looking for Pat Buck. Nobody. So now you got an interpromotional show going with fucking WrestlePro. That, that's what you have on WrestleMania weekend. 
The other thing you have is obviously House of Glory will be running. They'll have Grey Muda on the show. And I'm sure CCW would do some kind of crossover. Because that, that was my thought from the start. It was like, okay, this could be a good thing. They they got, you know, they're lining up to book a bunch of fucking House of Glory guys for best of the best. They do a little crossover angle on fucking WrestleMania weekend. And hope, hope that after fucking fans have put every fucking bit of money and time and energy that they have for professional wrestling, and they've dumped that into one marathon weekend of wrestling, the following week they still have an urge to go to a wrestling show because that's what you're banking on for best of the best. You're going, I don't want to compete. I don't want to compete. I want to be the solo show that's running the following weekend. So if motherfuckers are burnt out, you motherfuckers are beat. Um, If people are like, oh, I had so much wrestling last week and I wish there was one more show, then you might do all right. So that's what you're banking on. Now you've pulled these fucking names off only for you to run a little fucking angle on WrestleMania weekend. Those names will pop back up on your card because whatever will will come to a head and you'll figure out, well, what's good there. And, And then your fucking names will pop back up and you'll have one fucking week and hope that the motherfuckers didn't make different plans for that following week because you put names off the card. Now you're putting the names back on the fucking card. So you're going to do a surprise with guys you already booked. And then unbooked. And then surprise rebooked. CZW is the biggest pile of shit I, I, I could ever fucking imagine. Like, It's almost like you're trying to fail. You're like, how can I really turn these fucking fans off? Like, how can I turn these fans off? I'm surprised DJ High doesn't just do, like, ring announcing, like, ass naked every month. Because then it would be like, well, that's a good way to keep people out of the fucking building. It's like, why is he out there announcing this fucking match? Like, announcing these wrestlers' names with his balls hanging out. It's like, oh, well, I don't know. Just DJ just decided to do that. Oh, yeah, he must want people to not show up. That, that's what, like, his booking feels like. That, that's what all of these decisions that DJ Hyde continuously make feels like. It's like he's, like, trying his ass off to just get people to fucking never show up again. And he's doing a great job. He's doing a really, really good job. So, yeah, I, I wish Kid Osborne the best. I think I, I've said it for a long time. I, I don't think he's bad. I think he's good. Um, I think he could do a lot better than what he's done. And I think it's based on the platform. And now, you know, he was backstage at GCW. And again, Joey, you know, takes his fucking shots at him. Cause I guess the after party was going to have a, a cannonball versus I think kid Osborne. I haven't heard anything about the match or whatever. But they, they kept saying, local enhancement talent. Oh, that's you, kid, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's all you've ever been. And, you know, like taking little jabs at him. And, you know, I guess to a certain extent, it's just like a little ribbing kind of thing. Because, like, yeah, you're part of us now or whatever. So, you know, I'm sure it's all right to a certain extent. But, you know, this is this is kind of what he was doing the whole show, Joey. But, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, good for Kit. I really hope that this dude fucking shines and, and makes a big impact somewhere. No pun intended, I wasn't really talking about impact, but, um, you know, I mean, whatever works for the dude, uh, I like him, despite our disagreements in the past, uh, I think he probably agree with half the shit I said now, because, uh, clearly he just walked away from the company he was defending, so, uh, 
Couldn't have been wrong, could I? Um, what else? Uh, oh, so the main event of that uh, GCW show was uh, Jimmy Lloyd versus Drew Parker. And I got to tell you, like, a lot of people like were putting this Drew Parker kid over based on his TOD performance. I didn't really see, like, fantastic work out of that TOD performance. I, I wasn't that impressed. Uh, this Jimmy Lloyd versus Drew Parker match, I was impressed by. I liked it a lot. Um, I, I was surprised on how much I liked it. And they announced that uh, these two will square off um, one-on-one, first round, tournament of survival, June 1st in Showboat in Atlantic City. And that fucking, again, what can I say? What can I fucking say about GCW negatively? They're running these little fucking intimate shows in Philadelphia in the, uh, what the fuck is that that called, uh, I don't know, Sound Factory, Stress Factory. No, it's a comedy club. Uh, I don't know. Some little joint. It's like a little fucking rock club, punk club, some kind of shit. Holds like 200, 250 people. Fucking tore the fucking house down. You run those little intimate joints, and then you fucking run your showboat, and you pack that motherfucker, and you got the hotel right on premises, all of that other shit. Fucking circus ceiling shit, and now you're running a deathmatch tournament in Atlantic City on the fucking boardwalk. You brought Junka side air, knocked it out of the fucking park, had everybody marveling at that fucking venue, and now now one of the biggest deathmatch tournaments in the United States is going to be held right there. I mean, wrestling fans who are into this, you know, deathmatch stuff, into just that hard hitting, that that type of fucking. You know, that that outlaw fucking wrestling company that CZW used to be. Fans that are into that type of thing have no reason not to be excited about the things that GCW's doing. Because every fucking turn, they pull out something else. So you're like, oh, fuck. Look at, look at what they're doing there. So now these two are going to have their fucking rematch, first round, fucking tournament of survival. Fucking showboat. Uh, other GCW news. Uh, Marcus Crane is uh, apparently being personal trained by uh, Lucky 13. Uh, look, um, we'll, we'll check back on that as time goes. Um, what else happened? Uh, Tony Deppin wrestled some dude with a dad bod that was doing fucking flips off the fucking ropes like like Jack Evans. Like fucking, he was doing this crazy shit too. He was using like the top rope like a springboard. Like he was hopping. Like he would like jump land on the top rope and then do his crazy like fucking 630 shit like crazy flip shit like they had a they had a nutty fucking match i don't know the dude's name he had a dad bod though so it was like even more incredible that he was doing these fucking flips because he was just built like like you know your your cousin from up the fucking road not like uh you know any type of athlete so um there was that. Was there anything else on this fucking show? Because I didn't watch the entire show, but um, watch bits and pieces. Uh, they had Chuck Taylor on it. Chuck Taylor was like Orange Cassidy's fucking mystery opponent. So, you know, Chuck Taylor, another huge fucking name on the indies that, you know, um, hasn't really been seen in CZW or any type of thing like that in a while. I think they brought him in for something. I forget what it was, but didn't make much of an impact. Fuck, I forget. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what that was. But um, but yeah, so um, they're doing big shit. Well, what can I tell you? Um, 
I think that's all I got. Um, I heard Ian Rotten canceled fucking King of the Death match this year or whatever. Ian's really been on like a big uh like I don't need death matches type gimmick because obviously it's it's harder to get fucking uh you know buildings to run death matches. It's harder to get uh you know like a township to not want to fucking shut your show down. Uh, you know just. There definitely becomes like a lot more hurdles and difficulty with running these type of shows. So if he gets some kind of comfort level with running non-deathmatch shows, and then you know, wants to like, you know, he does that thing where it's like, oh, prove you wrong. I've been doing this shit a long time, and like, you know, just does what he wants to do. Which, whatever. I mean, as long as what he's doing satisfies his uh, his his bank, you know, if if he's doing all right financially where it makes sense to run his fucking shows and he's not getting killed then fucking good for him, whatever. But he's going out of his way to like cancel death match. Like he canceled the King of the death match, which is like, you know, I mean, you were supposed to reschedule that, uh, King of all Kings death match. Remember when insane lane was going to prove me fucking wrong. Uh, I guess we'll agree to disagree. I've been doing this 20 plus years. Yeah. I fucking know what I'm doing. Okay. Well, uh, apparently you didn't, uh, apparently you bailed on the whole fucking thing. Deathmatch wrestling tournament of all time. No filler, no filler. Oh, here's Insane Lane. Oh, you don't understand Insane Lane. He's getting in shape. I, I know something about getting in shape, and uh, that's not what he's been doing. Uh, he had a sleep study done, uh, so he's got, like, sleep apnea mask now. So uh, uh, maybe Insane Lane won't mm-hmm. die in his sleep, so that'll be one less deathmatch. Um Outside of that, uh, I've seen nothing but morbid obesity from any fucking screenshots people have sent to me because he's uh, we're not friends on Facebook. But, um, you know, I mean, that that's how how wrong I've been proven. It's crazy because as blunt as I am and as whatever the fuck you want to call me, I seem to be pretty fucking accurate. Um, historically speaking, if you go back as a lot of the things I've said and like, oh, that's that's fucked up. That's not fair. Well, and it turns out that I'm fucking 100 percent right. So it's crazy. Uh, might not be right all the time, but definitely a lot more than a lot of you motherfuckers who are disagreeing with me throughout. Um, that's that's pretty much that. Um, check out I Got Your Five Stars with Jeremy Nickerson over there doing his fucking thing. Or Professor Jay, as he calls himself on the show. And, uh, you know, he's doing his thing over there. He just did a show with Eric. I, I can't thank fucking... Uh, Jeremy enough for the way he puts me over on that fucking show. This is not something I have ever asked for. I don't expect people to fucking talk highly of me. It's definitely not something I'm used to. Uh, you know, I get a lot of, you know, fuck J-Cat, all that. And that's fine. I, I, I've grown accustomed to that. It's not something that my children ever say, so that's all I give a fuck about. I don't give a fuck about how much you uh, filthy fucking scummy wrestling fans fucking dislike me. My fucking children love me. My cats love me. I don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. And I, I appreciate everybody else who, who likes me or loves me or whatever the case is. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is the people who hate me can go fuck themselves. I really don't give a shit, um, especially in the fucking professional wrestling fandom world. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the way he fucking talks about me and, and the way Eric fucking talks about me. Um, Eric, former co-host of Yakuza Kick Radio and co-founder of Yakuza Kick Radio. um I just, I, it's very humbling. It's crazy. You know, a lot of you guys too, I mean, you really go out of your way to say some fucking nice things to me between Russell and Lou and, and, uh, 
a bunch of people I've talked to online from all over the fucking country, man. It's, it's wild to me that, you know, I talk my shit on here and people from all over the fucking country are tuning in and listening and putting it on to their friends and, and shit like that. It's, it's surreal. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very, very appreciative of that. I might come off like a jerk off and, you know, say some old wild shit and tell everyone to go fuck themselves. Um, that, that's just who I am. But, um, but yeah, I, I really do appreciate all the support and, um, yeah, just keep it up, man. It's, it's, it's easy for me to keep doing this shit when people actually like it or love it and, uh, share it and talk about it and, uh, reflect on some of the things I've done or said or whatever, even just simple shit like fucking people throw a quote up on Twitter and shit. It fucking makes my day. It's like, oh, look, I forgot. I even said that jerk off shit right there. Look at that. You know? Because this isn't like I don't manu- I don't manufacture shit. I just say things as I see them, as I think them. Um, as, as Jeremy and Eric were were saying on the show, that like this is really me. This isn't like a put on act. This isn't anything. I just turn the fucking mic on and I start just talking about how I feel about this and that and the other thing. Um, so I I, I can't uh, thank them enough. And Eric, uh, you know, I said a lot about Eric on the show. You know, he does a. He does an Eagles podcast, which is um basically it's like, you know how they say like a uh, sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while. Uh, well, this this is a podcast based on that because they won a Super Bowl, so now he gets to go on it, you know, every week. And I, I would never listen to a podcast that talked about the Eagles in any length, but uh, he gets to go on there every week with his friend, and they, you know they high five probably every five minutes based on that one Super Bowl win. Things are going downhill for the Eagles, so it's going to be a sad podcast. But sometimes if you listen to sad things, it makes the rest of your life look that much better. So my plug for for Eric is I think if you listen to his podcast and you hear how hard Eagles fans have it for the next at least decade, you'll finish the podcast and you go, isn't that a beautiful set of clouds over there? Look at that. At least it's not the Eagles franchise. That's nice. Look, a squirrel. You know, you'll you'll be able to smile at the simpler things in life after you see the uh, downtrodden Eagles fans mourning their team week after week on the Eagles. uh, I don't remember what the name of the podcast is, but it's the Eagles podcast. But all jokes aside, uh, big shout out to fucking Eric because, um, you know, he's humble about it and everything. And I do appreciate that, too. I would hate if someone was just completely taking credit for for what I've done here. But um. I had no I had no intention on ever doing a podcast, a radio. Uh, I wasn't even like a call into a radio show guy. So when the whole thing came about years ago and it was um you know, we had talked about it. I listened to a couple of his podcasts. He had on some CZW guys, which always attracted me to to listen to something. It's like, oh, the blackout was on fucking the, the Golden fuck Golden Corral, I almost said. Uh the Golden Cravat and uh, so I was like, oh, let me check that out or whatever. So then it was like, uh, hey, you know, I like this or whatever. And uh, and then it was like, oh, he started talking to me. Oh, Trent's going to come on the show. And I said, I'm like, oh, shit. You know, yeah, man, I fucking I know Trent quite well. And uh, we were talking. He's like, yeah, you should call in. You know, you want some fans calling in? And I was like, oh, that'd be great because I, you know, I, I know Trent real well. I mean, we've been talking like every show. I see him at, you know, for the past fucking many years. I forget what year that was. I mean, so you got to figure 
just say, I don't know. It's tough to say. Probably eight years or something like that. Uh, it's hard for me to do the math. But, um, yeah, I started going in 2000 to, to little shows around here and started seeing Trent and them there, which led me to CZW 2001 and all the way up until his passing, you know, so I would see him and, and we would talk quite a bit. Um, but, uh, so then Trent passed and we started talking about, he started talking to me about a tribute show. He's going to do a tribute show for Trent. He wanted me to call in on that. And Eric would just keep picking my brain about wrestling and, and CCW and all the things I saw and, 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 He's like, yeah, you know, you should do a podcast. And I'm thinking, like, what the fuck? I, I don't even know. I, like, I'm surprised I even knew how to listen to a podcast, let alone do a, do a podcast. And I just, just like, fuck it, whatever. So we just started doing it. And I mean, initially, you know, I was on that shit, man. I was, I was fucking drinking all the time. Uh, you know, um, I, I was just fucking wasted on on pretty much every show. And there were some fucking messy shows in there. I, I didn't cut any of that shit out, man. You can go back and listen to the fucking archives of that shit. You want to hear one of the worst fucking interviews of all time, go back and listen to the Bull Payne interview I did. I was fucking wasted. I was drinking all fucking day. We had um, we had multiple uh, like cancellations. It was like we were trying to get Bull Payne and Justice Payne, which is weird that we were, you know, both pains. And um, we had them both lined up for the day. I think it was like a Sunday, so I was off work. I just started drinking first thing in the morning like I usually did on Sundays. And um, by the night, it was like we had both fucking cancellations. It was fucking done. We weren't getting shit. I'm out there by the fire in the yard. Eric hits me up. Or or I think like Bullpain hit me up and was like, oh, I could do it now. Like, you, you still want to do it? And I'm like, fuck it, yeah. And I never should have said yeah to that. Never in a million years should I have said yeah, because I was fucking trashed. And uh, I hit Eric up like, yo, dude, let's fucking do it. And like, holy shit, man. Uh, it was it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So fucking wasted. I didn't know what the fuck he was saying, what I was saying, what I was asking, anything. It was probably the worst interview in the history of uh, podcasting. And uh, yeah, so that's up there on the archives. And you can see the type of shit like the progression of what I've gone through and, uh, you know, the, the type of life I was living and, and, you know, you think Joey Janela on commentary is bad. You should listen to some of my old fucking podcasts because anytime someone other than me was talking, I was drinking, like physically drinking. So the entire shows just got messy. Like by the end I was fucking trashed on almost every show. Um, over time, uh, Eric kind of slipped, you know, and, and it kind of forced me to carry the weight of the show. Before you knew it, I just, I, I thought to myself, like, I could do this shit myself. And sure enough, I started doing shit myself. So now this is, this is where I am. You know, but, but it all came from Eric thinking that, yeah, you could do a fucking podcast. And me going, like, I don't even know what the fuck that means, let alone... <laughs> It was never my dream to be a radio guy. It was never my thought to be a radio guy. It's still not. Um, you know, I, I go through these hiatuses where I just go a fucking month like, I don't fuck, fuck a podcast. And, and like for the most part, like I, I fucking hate podcasters, like like wrestling podcasters, like 90% of these motherfuckers could eat shit. Like, I, I hope you motherfuckers die tomorrow. Like, I, I hope to hear like massive strokes swept the wrestling podcast nation unexplained deaths in the podcast world 
They all died in their sleep, unrelated to anything other than seemingly wrestling podcasting was the only thing they had in common. Like, I I just, like, I can't stand you nerdy, fucking dirty, non-personality-having motherfuckers. Like, I, I can't stand you. Like, I cringe when I hear some of these fucking things. I don't listen to this shit, but it's like, I'll I'll get like, again, sometimes I'll get drawn in. Like I'll see someone share like a podcast link. Oh, I did an interview on this. And I'll be like, oh, let me see what this is all about or whatever. You know, I'm at work. I fucking just quick download that on the iTunes thing. And I fucking go, uh, fucking hit play, start cleaning cat cages, like four cages. And I'm like fucking mad. I'm like, get the fuck. What the fuck is this? Like, why are people, why are people letting this exist? What the fuck? Everything down to, like, the actual CZW podcast, where, like, I think they got tired of me fucking being the the main guy covering CZW on fucking podcasts, and they're like, we'll do our own fucking podcast, and, like, that sucked a lot. Bailed on that one, guys, huh? Oh, Jesus Christ. But, um... Yeah, so, so I I mean, I gotta thank Eric for for that thing, you know, because, I mean, it, it gave me this outlet, and I, I do enjoy it from time to time, uh, Right now, I'm enjoying it. I'll just put it that way. And then, you know, I do go on those things where, like, I just get, like, rubbed the fucking wrong way or I just, I'm not in the fucking mood. And then I start to get, you know, fucking flustered. And I start to be like, yeah, like, all these fucking wrestling podcasters are fucking trash. I got, you know, a couple friends in this thing. that You know, Hot Tag Podcast, big shout out to them. I got you five stars with Jeremy. Shout out to them. Uh, you know, uh, to him. But, uh, you know, I look at a lot of these motherfuckers and I'm like, I don't want to even be doing anything the same as these guys. Like, for the most part, like, that's the only thing we have in common. So if I stop doing that, then then we could just live fucking separate lives and I have nothing even similar to these fucking people in any shame, way, shape, or form. Uh, but, yeah, I, then, I, then I get other times where I'm like, you know what? just be a little fucking arrogant about this. And like, I, I, I fucking stand out amongst a fucking sea of nerds. I fucking stand out. Some of these motherfuckers are pumping up and trying to be like me and talking live. You, your shit is an act. My shit is real life. My shit is just how I fucking feel put on, on a mic. It is what it is. Like I said, shout out to all those people. I just mentioned, uh, deathmatch Russell podcast, always a staple in, in, uh, podcasting. Um, at some point, you have to uh, add comedy to your plugs. Um, so, yeah, check out all these motherfuckers. And uh, I think I plugged everybody I was going to plug. Uh, mentioned everybody I was going to mention. Check out Nuclear Heat Graphics. My man Shaheen over there. Hit him up for commissions. Unless it's for, like, uh, the third Muppet piece. Don't hit him up for that because it's just not going to fucking happen. Um, it's like uh, high-definition photos of Bigfoot. Like, you're not, it's not going to happen. Like, you're going to get um, promise of it. They'll make, like, TV shows that, that surround um, the elusive third Muppet um, graphic. But will you ever actually see it? That that will remain unknown. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, shout out to Shane and the whole thing. Um Oh, real quick, because I got like nine minutes left. I can't believe I almost did like two hours here. But um, I saw The Predator, uh, two movies. Uh, well, I saw The Predator, uh, the, the newish one. Um, and uh, I thought it was cool. They did a lot of cool shit with the, uh, you know, the Predator dog. And uh, like that suit that like came out of the thing and, and, and just became 
the fucking, like, when you put the armband on, it just became, like, a predator. They did a lot of really cool graphic shit and a lot of, um, like, innovative stuff. I like they, how they were, like, straight up killing motherfuckers, like, pinned the dudes to the tree. They had to kill each other just to fucking end the, the, the suffering, you know? Uh, they weren't scared to do that type of shit. Uh, I think a little bit too much, like, talking predator shit. A little too much, like, and they're like, shut the fuck up and, like, shoot a motherfucker. I, I thought that was a little too much. I don't really need, like, predator trying to, like, audibly communicate with humans too much. I think they did a little bit too much of that. But other than that, that's pretty much my only complaint. I felt like it went really well. Yeah, hopefully they'll follow up on some more of that shit. Um, and then I watched uh, the majority of Uncle Drew last night. Fell asleep. Um, it was all right. Had its, had its moments. It was pretty funny. I think Shaq's character looked fucking hilarious. I got to get screenshots of that so I could start using that as a reaction and comment to motherfuckers uh, posts. Um, but yeah, it was all right. I, uh, when I fell asleep, I felt like, yeah, I had enough of that. Like I, I saw where they were going. Shit was all good. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, some things like that, like, you know, I'll fall asleep towards the end and be like, yeah, I, I got it though. I had enough. I'm just not like a movie guy. So it's like, if, if I got enough of it, I'm not like dying to see the fucking end because I probably wouldn't have fell asleep if I was like really fucking locked in. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. So it was pretty funny. I got Deadpool 2 waiting. So that'll be the next one I watch. And then when I ship Uncle Drew back, they'll ship me some other shit. And we'll see what we can do. Fucking knocking these movies out. I've watched more movies. And that's like three. (laughs) These three movies I've just watched is more than I've watched in probably the past year. Because I never watch movies. But now I've tried to... uh, uh, make value out of my uh, Gamefly uh, membership without using it for games. So I got to watch at least four movies a month for that to be worth something. So that's what I'm doing. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. Um, I'll talk to you motherfuckers next week. Uh, hit me up with topics, that whole shit. Um, I'll think about it if I got anybody I'm looking to interview or something like that. Maybe I'll, I'll set some shit up with that right now. I have zero plans because I really put myself up against it with two interviews in one week and then another one of these. So, you know, maybe you get one show next week goes on play it by ear. Uh, talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's rain again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you wanna be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So what I make you good? Black Jesus tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well I gotta hear it now. <laughs> You just know how to hide.
Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm gonna tell you something, self, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools. 